You're on. Welcome to the Dipshit Files, episode 89. Hi, Mrs. Scriptkeeper. Well, hello. You've got a collection of strange and unusual fuckery for today. Yes, I do. Unexplained stuff, weird stuff, humans it, being human. Interesting things. Were we going to have fun? I think so. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, let's just open the file before I hurt myself. All right. Before we get into the show, just a reminder for all the cards, cards, cards folk, we've got mm-hmm. the limited edition Liam the Monster Hunter Chrome set. It's a reissue of the 2023 series with chrome borders. That's yeah, actually silver foil. Thank you, Steve. Yep. And they're all hand-numbered boxes, so there's only 100 of them. Mm-hmm. We sold a fuckload of them today, but there's still some. <laughs> so there's that. There's also the Spot the Spade in the shitbox. Don the Shitbox Wizard is running this contest where you've got to find the spade like Waldo or some shit. Instead of where's Waldo, where's the spade? And it's fucking hard. Spot the spade. He doesn't make it easy. He's not <laughs> fucking around. There's one that's like in the dark. He's like, if you're a cat, you can see it. <laughs> but check that out. It's the last one of the the cycle this month that he's Mm -hmm. doing it and the winner gets a scat wheels special edition made by him customized yay that'll be cool nice also keep in mind for more cards 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 dipshit files cryptid cards coming towards the end of february nice a few weeks from now and we're excited for those. Yay. I Dare love I them. I love them. I laughed my ass off when Pumped I looked at those fu- cards. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. I love off. foil. I love the shiny. They're so shiny. Ugh. All right. Well, let's get to the show. Okay. The Dipshit Files presents Weird Things. So in today's episode, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're going to have a bit of fun. <laughs> Fuck. Why? I, You're I, my wife. Why I'm would sorry. you? Oh. I had to. It's okay. first sentence. I had mm-hmm, to. Yeah. We're jumping in. So I love unexplained phenomenon. For those of you who follow the show, you you know this already. I know it. I truly enjoy entertaining the idea of weird shit in our world, although there is more than half my brain that argues against it. Listen to it. Uh, but the rational scientific side of my brain needs to take a seat every once in a while. <laughs> Look at Mothman. I know. Well, and when it does, I <laughs> love to dive into the unexplained. Hmm. Now, this is where I went with my research this week, and I wanted to share a few of the most interesting subjects that either remain unexplained as of December 2023 or are just plain fascinating. Hmm. So uh, we'll take either one, I guess, you know, we're at work, working our butts off. We need entertainment. Give it to us. So let's get into it. Weird thing. Number one. Ah. Okay. So in 1911, Two miners were searching for bat guano inside a narrow cave located in Lovelock, Nevada. Guano. Guano is mm. a key ingredient in making fertilizer. It's poop. It's it's bat shit. Poop poop. Poop. As they moved deeper into the darkness, they stumbled across some well, really weird shit. <laughs> They found more than 40 human skeletons, yeah. some of which were, well, they were abnormally large. 
quote unquote abnormally large. Instead of saying big as fuck, why don't we say abnormally large? Dude, these are big as fuck. Abnormally large will get us in print. Look at the size of this fucker's face, dude. This is one of the biggest finds of the century. We can't just put fuck in everything. You can't call it a fuckleberg or whatever. I'm calling these two the giantest fuck twins. Do you want people to not know the giants exist? I'm gonna call this guy fucky McCunt face. Right, I need a new shovel, buddy. Of these bones, there were human skulls and full skeletons that measured between seven and eight feet in height, which for ancient man would have been rather significant hmm. as far as the size goes. Although if I remember my Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. the Globetrotters did a little time traveling. Maybe not. <laughs> They're tall. Well, this, this caused a news sensation. And one of the strange things about the discoveries in Lovelock Cave is that some of the skeletons found there still had a bit of red hair attached to their skulls. Red-haired bastards. Red hair. Okay. So this challenged the idea of who inhabited this area in the past. Gingers, sorry. During that time, it was widely believed that only Native Americans inhabited this area, and none of them were known to have red hair or be so large in stature. Yeah, but there's tall cunts everywhere. Although many of the huge bones found in Lovelock Cave were unfortunately lost to time, for decades a number of skulls were preserved at a local museum. So until about 10 years ago, there were four very large skulls on display inside the museum. And these were then removed and ceremonially, ceremonially? Ceremoniously? (laughs) Ceremonially buried. They were buried in ceremony of respect for the the beings. Hmm. Another interesting fact is that in the past 80 years or so, over 100,000 artifacts were excavated from Lovelock Cave. Hmm. That's a lot of shit. We count over 100,000 objects that came out of that cave. Oh, yeah. Including Cunty McFuckface. Well, so what are those things? What, the objects? Yeah. Oh, a lot of cool archaeological things. Like pots and pans? Oh, not so much. Did you find ancient weapons and pottery? It was mainly fossilized poop. Fucking huge poop. Oh, I see. That's just a lot. Okay. 100,000 yeah. is a lot. Now, what's weird about this is that many of the artifacts were huge. Fucking huge. Like, you have giant-sized sandals, mm. a 15-inch long shoe, hmm. which they said in my in the research thing, that I, the paper that I was reading, that it's a t- size 29 in, in the United States. Jeez. 15-inch long shoe. Now, this would fit someone who's about nine feet tall. That guy's got an ICBM in his pants. Sorry. And even pieces of clothing, which were so big, they looked as though they could have been worn by giants. We're talking about giants. I know, right? (laughs) So the idea that giant bones were actually found in a cave in Nevada may sound kind of out there to some. But Mm -hmm. in fact, there were many such discoveries reported during the Wild West. Even in the southwestern U.S., there are several very strange stories of these bodies or skeletons that were found regularly. During this period of time, people were fascinated by the idea of a giant race that had lived here at one time. Now, this this also connects to their biblical belief that tended to be fairly literal back in that day. And the Hebrew Bible talks about a race of giants that lived on the earth. And so, for many people in the Wild West, these giant skeletons seem to corroborate these stories. It does also talk about talking snakes, so... I know. Yeah. Right. Of course, this was uh, a tough bit of information to swallow for me, so I dug a bit further and fell into a rabbit hole. Now, if you investigate the history of the indigenous Paiute people, mm-hmm. a woman named Sarah Winnemucca, uh, who was a descendant of Chief Winnemucca of the Paiutes, 
wrote a book in the 1800s and recounted her people's battle with this race of giants. Mm. Now, she wrote this book in the 1800s. This discovery was made in 1911. Okay. Uh, so the Siduka mm. were this the name of this race of giants. Now, what's fascinating about this is that she says it was an actual battle, it, not a part of tribal lore or mythology, but something that actually occurred. The Satika, or Siduka, I'm not sure it's said both ways, right. were red-haired people, and they lived in the mountains near the Paiute Nation, and they were cannibals. Highlanders? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so according to the Paiute, they, of they course... They couldn't get haggis, so they had to eat people. <laughs> Gross. I mean, you got to have one or the other. You can't eat normal things if you're from a place where you're going to pay pipes. Well, according to the Paiute, they obviously grew tired. They got sick and tired of being cannibalized. And they confronted these giants. Consequently, a war started between the giants and the Paiute people. And for three years, they fought. When the last of the giants ran into a cave, basically kind of... Um, barricaded itself into the cave, hmm. the Lovelock Cave, as a matter of fact. And the Paiute people stuffed the opening with a bunch of brush and firewood and then lit it on fire. Hmm. And that was the end of the red-haired giant cannibals. Barbecue giant ginge. Right. However, what's also interesting is that when this discovery was made at Lovelock Cave in 1911, they also found evidence of extreme burning, which took place near the entrance to the cave. So this matches the story ex almost exactly. And right. again, there's evidence of red hair because Sarah Winnemucca Hopkins, she actually saved some of the hair. It had been passed down <laughs> through generations and she sewed it into what they called a mourning dress, which she used when she gave lectures. And so the story of the Paiute people defeating the giants then suddenly became a reality. Mm -hmm. So... For, me, for many, the evidence in support of the Paiute story about the red-headed giants is, is interesting, is compelling. Not only because of what was found in Lovelock Cave, but also because there have been reports of giant bones being discovered in other places throughout the western Nevada desert. Historical records show numerous accounts of huge bones, full skeletons, and giant-sized artifacts that have been found in this area. Hmm. In 1904, it was reported that an 11-foot-tall skeleton was found. Of course, it's quite possible that the story was exa exaggerated, but then there are accounts in 1931 of an 8.5-foot-tall skeleton that was reported. So we have the stories, we have the skeletal evidence, we have the artifacts, not to mention legends that spoke of this very subject from centuries ago. We've so had a few really, really tall people in our lifetimes as mm -hmm. well. Just look at the NBA, 7-4, right. Victor Wenbayana. Right, well, there's some big, people People get big sometimes. Yes. It's very interesting. So now I want to talk about uh, the next subject. So that was that was my first story I found really fascinating. Giants! Giants! <laughs> Giants in Nevada. Yeah. Next. Now let's do weird thing number two, huh? All right. Let's talk about the Rosetta Stone. Okay. This is not exactly unexplained, but the Rosetta Stone is a key to ancient languages. Yeah. It, it may not be unexplained, but it's mind-blowing to me. It was discovered by the French huh, in yeah. Egypt. Yeah. So it was discovered in 1799 by French soldiers in Egypt. Under Napoleon. 
Yeah. The Rosetta Stone was found to be a crucial key in deciphering Egyptian hieroglyphs. So if they looked at it and they were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I don't know. Let's smoke. Well, the Egyptian hieroglyphs uh, was a script that had been a mystery for centuries. So this slab of granodiorite, granodiorite, okay. I had to actually write that out, type it out phonetically so I didn't fuck it up. Oh, my granodiorite. Oh, fuck. I got to go to the doctor. <laughs> so this slab of granodiorite dating back to 196 BC is engraved with a, a decree written in three scripts, mm-hmm. ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, Demoic script and ancient Greek. And they fucking could decipher the Greek. Right. Well, now the the presence of ancient Greek, which was a well-understood language, Mm -hmm. was key to unlocking the meaning of the other two scripts. A group of scholars, most notably Jean-Francois Champion, who smoked a lot, in 1822 used the Greek text as a guide to decode the hieroglyphs revealing a bunch of information about ancient Egyptian culture, religion, and history. And not one of them said anything about aliens, damn it. I know, bro. How do you know? (laughs) Because I I can read the Egyptian (laughs) and the Greek. Thank you very much. So the Rosetta Stone, now housed in the British Museum, not only bridged the gap between ancient and modern understanding, but also marked the beginning of the field of Egyptology. Mm -hmm. Its discovery blasted our understanding of history wide open, allowing us to expand our knowledge of an ancient civilization and read their words firsthand. Did you know that there was thought to be several Rosetta Stones? You know, I had skimmed over something about that, but there's been no, as far as I know, none have been found. Right, there's a lot of shit under the sand. Yeah. But anyway. There's some really interesting shit that we haven't discovered yet right here. Yes. Right here. Underneath in uh, our, right, our house. In our <laughs> our right here secret on, the, on this planet. Yeah. So uh, so there's that. There's the Rosetta Stone. Cool. I found that fascinating. It is cool. So I'm, I'm going to move on to my next story. Ooh. Let's do weird thing number three. It's called the Stone Spheres of Costa Rica. Okay. Are you familiar with this one too, mm, smartass? Yes, I am. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about it? No. <laughs> There's some stones that are really old and that people can't explain them very good because they're circular as fuck. Yeah, well, that's pretty much Costa it. Rica. Moving on. Let's move on to... No, I'm serious. Let's read this. Okay. So first off, we have no idea what these are or why they were created. Okay. So these stone spheres of Costa Rica were discovered in the 1930s in the Dias Delta of Costa Rica. The stone spheres have baffled archaeologists and historians alike. Over 300 of these spheres, ranging from a few centimeters to over six and a half feet in diameter, were found. Hmm. Some weighing up to 15 tons. Made again from granodiorite, which is actually a hard igneous stone. These I'm a stone of it. These <laughs> <laughs> damn it! You're making this hard on me. Right? <laughs> oh, so these near-perfect spheres date back to the Aguas Buenas culture hmm. from 200 BC to 800 Common Era, and the Chiriki period, which was 1550 Common Era. Hmm. The original purpose of these spheres remains a mystery. Theories range from them being status symbols to astronomical devices to markers for significant geographical or ceremonial locations. So evidently, the original locations and alignments of these giant spheres were often changed or destroyed due to agricultural activities, 
further complicating efforts to understand their true purpose and significance. We didn't know. We were just trying to make corn grow. (laughs) Well, despite this issue, the stone spheres of Costa Rica represent a remarkable technological feat of pre-Columbian sculpture and continue to spark curiosity about the capabilities and customs of ancient Mesoamerican societies. I don't know. I've made a lot of really spherical snowballs. It's not that far. Oh, good God. The snowballs, you can make it fucking round as shit. I mean, shit. Depends on how warm your hands are. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know. I've made some pretty lumpy snowballs. But do you know what? Speaking of snowballs, Mm -hmm. so you can pack that thing, pack, 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 pack really hard. You could put the diarrhea right in it and kill a kid with it. I'm just saying, you could take the uh, hot chocolate that's in your thermos. Yeah. Pour a little bit on there. Oh, yeah. Pack more. Turn it into a fucking ice ball. Plus, it's a little brown, so it's like a little dookie ball. I know, but Put a rock when you in throw there. that shit, man. Mini chunks. That hurts. Okay, so. Yeah, it does. I've, I've had a rock snowball smashed into I have, into too. My face. Right doesn't... in the middle of my back. Ooh, your back. Yeah, it was right That's way my... less than a face. It was Just... like right between my shoulder blades. Oh. <laughs> what, a little what are bit we lower. doing as kids? We're like I wasn't a kid. Oh, Christ. I was an adult. Nice. Even better. So we're going to move on to the next one. This fourth thing is cool as fuck. Which is the Terracotta Army. Oh, yes. This one, I pulled a bunch of information, and I, I just wrote this blurb here, but this is so interesting to me. It is, me too. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard about this one, similar to the Rosetta Stone, but I wanted to share this one because it blows my mind. The Terracotta Army is a massive pottery army located inside a tomb where it's been for more than 2,000 years. This was one of the most astonishing archaeological discoveries of the 20th century. Unearthed in 1974 near Xi'an, China, Mm -hmm. this massive collection of terracotta sculptures represents the armies of Xin Zhiwang. Terracotta sounds kind of like a delicious cheese. (sighs) (laughs) Shin <laughs> Shi Wang. The dipping fir- cheese, a dipping cheese. Yeah, like fondue. Mm-hmm. Delicious. <laughs> so Shin Shi Wang was the first emperor of China, and these terracotta sculptures were buried with him around 210 to 209 BC to protect him in the afterlife. Now, the level of detail in the thousands of life-sized, life-sized, mind you, figures is astounding. It looks like a bunch of people that got Medusa-ized. Right. So each of the 2,000 soldiers has unique facial features, hairstyles, and they even have fingerprints. That's fucked. Indicating that real individuals may have inspired them. The army also includes... Better crack them open. Well, right. <laughs> right. Let's take a look. Oh, No, fuck. don't. Don't. Don't yeah. do that. So the army also includes chariots, horses, and non-military figures like acrobats, musicians, and officials, providing a, a vivid glimpse into the life and culture of the time. Man, what a way to do it, too. What a way to commemorate Hey, we're alive, and this is pretty cool. I like you guys. You know, we're pretty cool. I think other people in the future should know about us. This is so crazy. Stand in this little... (laughs) I know. Why don't you stand in this plaster mold for a couple couple weeks? (laughs) A couple weeks. Oops, we left you in there. (laughs) Whoopsie. So as clear as and precise as the statues are, the Terracotta Army also holds many secrets. For instance, the weapons carried by the soldiers were highly advanced for their time and extremely well-preserved, suggesting advanced metallurgy knowledge. Uh. Additionally, recent research indicates that the figures were originally painted in bright colors, 
which faded and then peeled off after the exposure to air. That must have taken so fucking long. I wonder how right? many artists were involved in making that. I'm mind blown by the whole thing, so I couldn't even fathom the concept. I yeah. mean, back then, who knows? Our ancestors were very brilliant. Well, the mausoleum complex itself, which is largely unexcavated, is believed to be an underground palace, sealed and booby-trapped to protect the emperor's final resting place. Booby. 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 I said booby. You did. The terracotta army not only immortalizes Emperor Shinshi Wang's power. But it goes great with crackers. And the military might of the Qin dynasty, but also offers an extraordinary look into the ancient Chinese art and funerary practices of that era. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. If you haven't looked into the terracotta army, just look at the pictures. It's insane how many there were. It's not like a couple. No. It's thousands. It's, it's at two, least hundreds. It's two it's two thousand. It says me. two two thousand pieces. Can you imagine how many artists that would take? And well, it's like some of them probably weren't as good as the other ones. It's like, dude, what'd you do to that guy's nose? Know, right? Why would you do that to Ron's nose? <laughs> Ron. I wonder if any of them are cross eyed. <laughs> you get some smart ass in there who's got like one snaggle tooth and they're like, That is not what I look like. like yeah, dude, well, you, too late you, now. <laughs> do you know where an ear goes? There? I don't think you do. It's not a chin. It's not in the chin area. Oh, so anyways. Yeah. Well, I think what I'm going to do, I do have a bunch of uh, photos that I'd like to add to this. And I think we're going to post those in Patreon. Yeah, drop them in the Patreon. To support this episode. Yep. You can join Scatcast Patreon by going on the internet. Now it's time for weird thing number five. So I've got a question for you. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Feistos disc? Feistos, Feistos disc? It's either Feistos or Feistos. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Feistos? Hmm. Feistos or Feistos? If you explain it to me, my dumb little brain will probably find something that Dr. Spock talked about in the early 70s and early 80s. <laughs> well, I had never heard about but this, no. and I stumbled across this when I was pulling notes. Gosh, I think it was probably August. Okay. When I came across this, and it was new to me, so I was curious if you've ever heard of it. I don't know. I don't so this, think so. the this artifact was discovered in 1908 in the Minoan Palace of Phaistos on the Greek island of Crete. Hmm. The Phaistos disc, or Phaistos, or however you pronounce it, Fisto. is a clay disc dating to the second millennium BC. Hmm. The disc is just under six inches in diameter and is covered on each side with a spiral of text consisting of a total of 241 occurrences of 45 distinct signs or symbols, hmm. which were created by pressing individual sign stamps into the soft clay before firing. Yeah, now, I heard this. initially, some scholars suspected it was a forgery or a hoax due to the unique nature and the minute detail of the disc. But now it's generally accepted as authentic by our archaeologists. Really? Fuck. Now, this disc has sparked numerous debates and theories about its purpose and meaning. It's kind of like the Gutenberg Press, but way the fuck before. Right. Well, despite various attempts at deciphering the artifact, the language and symbols of the Phaistos disc remain unknown. Some scholars suggest it could be religious text or a calendar, a game, or even an ancient coded message. 
The detail and one-of-a-kind nature of the disc adds to this mystery. It'd be really funny if it's an ancient advertisement for some fucking... I know, for jeans. ...wheat. <laughs> like, get a bag of wheat for 50% off, buy two, get the third bag Oh my free. gosh. No other oh. object bearing similar inscriptions or symbols has ever been found, making it difficult to place it within a larger context of Minoan writing or culture. The way the symbols are impressed onto the disc, likely using preformed character stamps, suggests an early form of movable type printing. Now, this opens up the idea that this culture possessed an advanced technological understanding. The Phaistos disc continues to be a source of fascination and research, representing one of the most interesting and unsolved puzzles of archaeology. Whether it's a sophisticated code, a sacred text, or simply just a decorative object, the disc remains an enduring symbol of the Minoan civilization and the unending human quest for understanding and our burning desire for interpretation. It's a weird-ass sandbox we're living in. Right? It's like we emerge out of some caves and we look up and there's some big-ass pyramids. And I like, know. I was like, what? Well, we're not the first ones what? to do cool shit, that's for sure. Isn't there something that you, you brought up just the other day? You were perusing something and there's a there's a... Isn't there a pyramid in Alaska or something? <laughs> I'm not going to say that there is. I'm going to say that there's a lot of claims. Well, there's okay. a couple of people that I, I find rather enjoyable. That I'm not asking. I'm not asking if you've gone out on an expedition and proven it to be no, true. No, I did. I did. I I'm, looked for it. I'm asking if you read that. That's what they're saying. I don't read. I don't even know how to read anymore. <laughs> did you look at the pretty pictures and and deduce? Yeah. There, there was a little TikTok video that went by and said pyramid in Alaska, but there <laughs> was, was it Alaska? Some, some backup shit. Yeah, that's okay, kind of crazy. Well, I might have to look into that. There's, it's, there's some funny things that happen with mountains and snow and ice and shit that make things look like pyramids too. So yeah, there's a bunch of that shit in Antarctica where you know people are like look at that pyramid and then there's some mountain guy that's like, oh, that's for sure a mountain because mountains do that. <laughs> All right, so no unexplained episode <laughs> would be complete without me bringing up what? What? UFOs. Yay. The flying disks have extraterrestrial biological entities is weird thing number six. I love this subject. I mean, yep. y'all know that. Mm -hmm. So in the 21st century, UFO hunters are armed with technology that allows them to record anomalies in the sky with incredible clarity. It's called video cameras. It's called cell phones. <laughs> and today's technology can also pull new information from pictures taken decades ago. Well, shit. We should probably revisit those moon landing photos. You disrespect humanity every time you say shit like that. Happy to help. Eat shit. So on September 14th, 1971, in the northern highlands of Costa Rica... Photographer Sergio Loiza was conducting an aerial survey of Lake Cote for the National Geographic Institute using a special map-making camera that snaps photos at 13-second intervals. Okay. He's up in an airplane about 10,000 feet, and he's taking pictures of this hydroelectric project that was going on. So the purpose of these pictures were to calculate the environmental impact of this project. So... He's just taking ordinary photos. Mm -hmm. He gets back to the lab, takes a look at the contact sheets, and notices up in the right-hand corner that there's this weird, circular, shiny, metallic blip, I guess. Hmm. What's weird is this object does not appear in either the previous frame of film, 13 seconds prior, nor the one after, 13 seconds after. Immediately upon learning this, 
the National Geographic Institute says, you can't talk about this. You're, you're not allowed to say a fucking word about this. Somebody's getting close to yeah. a V-tex. And we're going to push... We're gonna we're gonna push this info down. We're gonna push it down, push it down, and they do for quite some time. According to Loiza, he and his colleagues were forbidden from sharing any information about the object captured in the photograph, which, by the way, was estimated to be 160 feet in diameter. Wow. However, missile. In 1979, the picture was leaked to the Argentine newspaper La Nación. And analyzed by UFO researchers. The nation. The photo is studied later by Jacques Vallée and other UFO investigators, and they realized <laughs> this is a sub- substantial photograph. Of a missile. Of something. Also, this photo has been officially declared by, the, by Costa Rica as an official UFO photo. Nice. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, they don't know what it is after years and years of study. Over the years, many skeptics have suggested that the object was likely some kind of debris or a smudge that got on the film during the development process. Yeah. And this kind of answered the question, and the public moved on. However, in 2021, Esteban Carranza, a friend of the Loiza family, was able to obtain the original contact sheets and have them scanned using the latest technology. He got the original contact sheets and sent them off to a photographic lab. Was it the Batcave? It's not the Batcave. Mm-hmm. And they recreated the image using the most advanced technology to bring it forward. Batman's technology is really... I'm sorry. And they came up with a, a 1.8 gigabyte image. And it was of a this, piece of cheese. Well, this thing, whatever Lime it is. cheese. Looks like... It looks like... Um, well, it's interesting. So the debris and the smudges that were visible in the original photograph are no longer present in the new higher resolution image, but the weird object remains and it's super clear. Additionally, this higher There's defi- a guy in the window like, hello, hello. I'm here, I'm going to go now, bye. <laughs> this higher definition scan also showed some new details that were undetectable before. These new details helped discredit a number of speculative explanations. For example, it was said that it could have been a chip in the glass. However, you can see that that's just not the case. This explanation just didn't make sense to me, by the way. I mean, if it were a chip in the glass, wouldn't it be present in the images taken before it and after it? Hmm. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of weird. Anywho. Absolutely. You know, I wish that they could zoom in enough to where you could see if it was, you know, I'm sure alien spaceships have Ford and Chevy and Dodge. <laughs> So you could get in there and like, what's the logo system for these fucking guys? Is this a Ford? Is this a jalopy? What is this? Anywho, this picture by itself is quite interesting. But now with technology, we're able to get the clearest view we've ever had. It's awesome. now, But not the logo of the Ford. No. no. You know, to me, what I I really kind of dug into this photo, and I'm going to share this also on Patreon. I really, really looked close. To me, it actually looks like the reflection of a circular shop light. So, you know, um, the round hooded hanging lights oh, yeah. that they're, they're circular and they kind of hang with an exposed bulb and a pull chain. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Um, but it's hard to say. Who knows? So I'm well, gonna, I just jumped to the conclusion that it's some interdimensional thing. <laughs> I'm going to, we're going to post it and okay. I, I want opinions from our listeners. But What is this? Right. What Very is interesting. This? Okay. It's so it. next, well, next. We're moving on. Here's another fucking weird thing. Yeah. Hmm. Is the strange case of Mike DeGray. 
All right. A U.S. documentary filmmaker. Mike the Gray. Right. Well, Mike the Gray grew up along the Gulf of Mexico, but little did he know he would make one of the most exciting discoveries of his life in that very Gulf when filming Blue Planet. Was it a Cthulhu? Beneath the Gulf of Mexico, he found an underwater lake. I could be where Cthulhu lives. He said, quote, wait a minute. I'm already underwater. How can there be a lake? End quote. A pool of thick, ultra-salty brine had accumulated in one area, giving the appearance of a lake beneath the water. Cool. This dense lake is so salty, five times more than the surrounding area, that only microscopic life is capable of living within it. Hmm. Now, the quote-unquote shore of this underwater lake is lined with mollusks and crustaceans. Sounds like a food beach. Get it, Dave? Instead of nude, it's food. I get it. Although I'm not a big seafood fan, Dave. Why are you talking right now? I don't know. DeGray explained that on food beach. the other side of the mussels, there was nothing. It was just mud. I've eaten mud. Will you shut the fuck up? Blow me. Perhaps the most interesting quality of the undersea brine lake is that submarines practically bounce off of it instead of moving through it due to how dense it is. Hmm. Mike DeGray explained that he and his crew tried to descend into the lake, but upon making contact, reported that the liquid was so incredibly dense that the submersible bounced off the surface. Pretty weird. Right? He was intrigued by this discovery and wanted to explore further, revealing the whole new world could be beneath this dense lake. Mike DeGray is quoted as saying, without a doubt, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen at the bottom of the ocean. While I was filming in the Gulf of Mexico, I noticed something out in the distance, but I couldn't tell what it was. It mm. looked like a dark band. Oh, like deicide? As we approached the dark band, it became a donut. It's a weird superpower. I saw this donut, and it was black in the center. What is that, Pissbeard? Ah, that be the butthole of the sea. Yeah, we should probably steer around that. Stop calling me Pissbeard. As we got closer and closer to it, I noticed that the black band had what looked like steam hovering over it. Fog machine. But there was water lapping against the shore. This band was a ring of mussels. Inside the ring of mussels was a lake. We went out over the water and tried to descend it and bounced off of it. I love that the science they did was, hey, let's poke it. The submersible couldn't make it inside. Aww. We literally bounced off. Sounds like somebody puttied up a VTEC. <clears throat> right, a VTEC. I've never seen anything like it, end quote. Not supposed to see the VTEC. Mike never, unfortunately, never descended into the lake. And shortly after the discovery, he unfortunately lost his life in a helicopter crash in 2012. This brine lake is now referred to as the Jacuzzi of Despair <laughs> and is known to kill almost everything that enters it. This lethal hellscape of a pool is located off the coast of New Orleans, 3,000 feet below the surface. <laughs> it's around 100 feet in circumference and 12 feet deep. Thanks to an increased concentration of salt, the area is also five times saltier than the ocean around it. Fucking weird. That is weird. A lake many, under the ocean. I wonder how many of those are in the ocean. How many I, of those there are? I, the I don't know. So, I mean, this world is, the, the earth is strange, yeah. right? Absolutely. Okay. So, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Next. The planet you live on is filled with weird things that we don't understand. Here's another one. Dan. The unsolved disappearance of Alvin Matlock. Matlock! Mm -hmm. 
I chose this one because it's in our backyard. Matlock. So throughout history, unsolved disappearances have captivated the human imagination. These mysterious cases where individuals vanish without a trace and their fate remains unknown strike a chord deep within our psyche. It's a D minor. Human beings have an inherent curiosity, a desire to seek answers and uncover the truth. Unsolved disappearances represent a perplexing puzzle perplexing puzzle say that five times fast no a narrative with loose ends and unanswered questions and the unknown surrounding these cases fuels our curiosity prompting us to seek resolution and closure we are inherently drawn to mysteries that challenge our understanding of the world and leave us wondering about the possibilities in 1951 alvin matlock a seasoned veteran of the u.s army found himself navigating the challenges of starting afresh in the Pacific Northwest region. Seeking a sense of independence, he decided to settle in a small cabin situated just outside of the city of Spokane, Washington. Boom. A young man, affectionately referred to as Bud by his close friends, Alvin embarked on this journey with determination and optimism. In order to keep his loved ones informed about his whereabouts, he took the initiative to reach out to his family members in March and shared his new location with them. Spokane. Right, Spokane. Initially living a solitary life and being an avid lover of nature and outdoor activities, he carried out his daily routine in seclusion. However, after a span of seven months, during which his absence was felt strongly, Concerns started to mount among his family members when he failed to join them for the customary Thanksgiving dinner. Now, alarmed by his unexpected deviation from his usual behavior, his mother decided to pay him a visit to his cabin, only to discover its unoccupied state. Realizing the seriousness of the situation, she immediately reported him as missing to the authorities. The whereabouts of Matlock remained unknown and puzzled everyone for an extended period of seven months. Speculations and reports emerged during this time, offering various explanations for his sudden disappearance. Some seemingly harmless accounts hinted that he had discreetly relocated to Alaska, seeking a fresh start away from prying eyes. However, amidst these benign narratives, darker and more sinister rumors circulated, suggesting a tragic fate for Matlock. The police police had initially suspected foul play in the case of Matlock's disappearance, but unfortunately, no promising leads or evidence ever materialized to shed light on the matter. Matlock seemingly vanished, disappeared without a trace, leaving his case an unsolved mystery to this day. Mm. It's very interesting. And there was no protoplasm there or was, there alien was, artifacts or there was crop circles or anything? No evidence to show it is as if he disappeared. He could have fallen into a precipice. There's all sorts of precipi. There was food on the table uh, as if he had, you know, had finished his meal. I don't think it was on the table. I think it was on the counter next to the sink. But Did he have any gambling debts? I don't know, a but he disappeared. A lot of answers to missing people are gambling debts. Gambling debts. Hmm. Oh, lovely. 
It's easy to find places to bury guys, isn't it? That was my last weird, strange, and unusual story for the day, yes. Lots to think about. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Okay. We hope you enjoyed today's presentation of whatever the fuck that was. Now it's time for the customary conclusion. It's mainly bloviation. Thank you, Mrs. Scriptkeeper, for triggering a bunch of different weird things in our brains. (laughs) All those things, I guess, are claims to exist. Well, it's it's interesting to me. These were all a collection of uh, notes and stories and stuff that I I've basically held on to mm-hmm. that uh, I couldn't make an episode by itself. Right. I just couldn't. So I love doing these compilation episodes mm-hmm. where I kind of add them all together. Yeah. I do have one more story for those that love space. Yeah. I'm one um, of those. But I'm holding out on that one. It's going into the bonus. Oh. I'm putting it in the bonus. All right. You guys in Patreon, thank you so much. Yes. You're going to get a little bit of extra in this week's bonus with one more story from mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's talk about what we listen to together. Okay. I got one thing about the Giants. Okay, I knew that you'd have something about the Giants. Well, it's nothing like, you know, smart. Mm-hmm. It's just I've seen a lot of pictures, doctored pictures, mm-hmm. and it makes it just really, like my brain's, I love the idea of Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's history filled with Giants and mm-hmm. mythology, but then you see the pictures and you're like, God damn, that's so fake. Right. I did so see. There's probably no credible person on the planet looking for giants. Well, probably not, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Somebody should sacrifice their career and be like, look, you could have had a nice, probably a, a lab named after you somewhere at some university, but go find giants. Well, realistically, right. I mean, if, if, you, if you're just rational thought, we're living on this planet with giants currently. Shaquille and O'Neal. you mentioned it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're living... You, with Andre the Giant. We're living with these individuals oh, that are large right. individuals. So it's not unheard of that there were ancient giants. Right. Hey, why do I have to fight their best warrior? Because you're like 500 pounds. I don't like to fight. You are taller than so many hands and stones and horse heads or however we measure height. I don't want to fight. I want to paint. Dude, they think you're a giant. They didn't know you came out of Susie's hole. He came out of my hole. I'm a vegetarian. Will you please just go step on a few of their heads? Fine. Oh, and could you say fee fi fo fum Come on. And they were probably... At that time, they're like, put a bunch of shields and swords sticking out, you know, fucking make them the the warrior guy. They have to uh, dress themselves to keep warm. They have to have shoes and and weapons that fit their... They're not going to run around with, you know, a Barbie sword. Size 29, though. That's That's crazy. Hey, Steve here. For reference, professional basketball star Shaquille O'Neal's foot size was 23, or between 22 and 24. Also, you couldn't stop a Shaq. You could only hope to contain him by... So it does not surprise me that there were potentially giants in the past because there are giants currently right as far as i'm concerned but now this is like a race of people that they're claiming that they all were giants and you know the people like andre the giant his mom and dad were not giants right and so nobody in his family were giants so. i don't know about that i don't know how i feel about that but right. i'm all on board with large people absolutely because yeah. it we see them all the time now well, i think the tallest guy and i might be wrong was over eight feet tall that we have on record in modern times really yeah happy to help bitches the tallest man of all time according to the guinness book of world records is robert wadlow who was eight foot 11 inches tall at his peak height that's 2.72 meters which is very tall taller than a grizzly bear on its hind legs okay bye we'll have to look that up too mm. got it well 7 11 or something like that but i'm pretty sure there was a guy that was eight foot something Probably. Yeah. It would not surprise me. It's crazy. Well, but I he didn't live very long. He lived to like 20 something or yeah, because there's, it's usually like a pituitary gland mm-hmm. issue or something. Well, I do know that when I was going through a bunch of photos, there's a fuck ton of fakes. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious. Probably all of them, yeah. The Not all of them. Because okay. the, the skulls that were housed in the museum mm-hmm. are very, very large. Were. And they've been buried since. But they... But we have were, pictures of them? We have pictures of them. And I will also share those in Patreon. It's interesting um, to me. Those were huge skulls. But now, one thing that that I don't know why they didn't have in the museum were like... They're dicks. The, I know. No, the... You'd think you'd want to see those first. <laughs> Damn it. Dicks are big, probably. The femur bones or the ribs or vertebrae or anything like that. Right. It was just the skulls. That's what you see in the pictures that on the internet where it's like a giant femur bone where a person mm-hmm. laying down next to it. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. You're yeah. It's probably a dinosaur bone. If that, if that was true, what newspaper wouldn't run that? Right. You know, even well, if unless, it's the Illuminati scum trying to keep the history from us, it's like, yeah, but you're, well, you know, somebody's going to want to break that story. I agree with you. However, do you know how much bullshit, even if it were true, how much bullshit the journalist would have to go through to break that story? Yeah. Well, Jesus could show up, walk on water, turn all the water that he walked on into wine, <laughs> give it to all the people, get them all drunk, and they would still be like, I don't think so. I don't think, think so. so. Yeah, no, exactly. I've seen a lot of different stuff on I've the been, internet. I've been lied to a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back to watching terrible things on X. The internet has lied to me a lot. Yeah. Which, you know, realistically it has. Fucking A. Yeah. So, anyways. So nobody knows what to believe anymore. Hooray, we're great. Anywho's, it's... Post-truth. Yeah. All right, well, that's our show. Yes, it is. If you guys want to continue this fun stuff, we're going to be in the Patreon for Mm -hmm. our fourth bonus episode. Mm -hmm. But definitely thanks to everyone that listens, everyone that participates in the promotion of Scatcast, all our shows. Yeah, thank you so much. We love it, man. The turd triads, the Mm -hmm. turd herders, Mm -hmm. our our regulators, Mm -hmm. our meme army. Just a lovely bunch of people. All you scooper troopers. Yeah. We've come up with a lot of silly things. Yep. It's we sure have. It all, ha- it all surrounds our own kitty buttholes and poop. That's right. And now <laughs> cards, cards, cards. Cards, cards, cards. Like I said, there's lots of cards for you guys to collect, mm-hmm. especially coming up. The dipshit files, cryptid cards should be coming up. I think it's February 20th. Something around Is it? there. Maybe okay. it's the 13th. I don't have it in front of me, but in Patreon, there's a list of this month's schedule. Oh, nice. Coming up for February. You made a schedule. I made a schedule. I'm going to keep doing that. Well done. Yeah. I love cards, cards, cards. Cards, cards, cards. They're great to make. They're fun. (laughs) (laughs) They're cranking up the wattage this week on the fun. (laughs) Fuck every time, even if I I just say it to explain myself. Come on. I seriously thought you were going to fall out of your chair for a second. bitch. Your chair is going to slide out front of you. All right. I do want to give a big thanks to a, a couple of trusted turd herders. Definitely our scat cock. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> our coordinator of chaos, Carissa <laughs> and Brian doing the wiki. The scat wiki is now going to be connected to all of the uh, the descriptions for all of our podcasts. So you guys can go jump on that and add stuff if you'd like. Yes. The more information in there, the better. Uh, but I also want to say a big thanks to Tim Canada for all his help. Tim and, Canada. Uh, Tim Canada. And also to Chris Eason, Essen Eason, the kick and dick guy. Mm-hmm. And for all their hard work in the Wikipedia, or not Wikipedia, the wiki. Wiki fandom. But it's awesome to have, and it helps the fuck out of me. Yeah, it's amazing. It's impressive what everybody's done. Yes. And we've put out a lot of shit, apparently. I had no idea. Yes, we it's have. It's a lot of work they did. Thank you guys so much. Yes. Huge, huge thanks to you guys mm-hmm. and uh, I know there's an email that yeah. you can get a hold of us specifically for this show yep if you want to yell at us tell us we're wrong mm-hmm. share cool information maybe suggest future episodes or yeah. just say hi hi is good hi we love you mm-hmm. uh, it's dipshitfilespod Crike. at gmail.com e. dipshitfilespod 
at gmail.com. That seems interesting and easy enough. Mm-hmm. I can remember it. Dipshit Fells Pub. Fucking A. <laughs> also, make sure if you're checking out the shitbox this week, it's the last one of mm-hmm. the Spot the Spade. Don's been putting on a cool thing. There's, I think, 20 winners so far, and they're nice. all going into a raffle, and they're going to get their first scat wheels, perhaps. Fuck, fuck yeah. Yeah, so huge thanks to you guys for yes. participating. Holy fuck, they're hard to find. Mm-hmm. I hope there's more of those in the future. That's kick-ass. That's fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be every time other people say fun. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sorry. As always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Fun. Oh, damn it. Bing. Bong. Fun. Okay, we can remove my balls from the thing now.